Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. Hey there, today's episode is with my good friend Kat Bailey. I've known Kat for a couple of years now and she is a medium, a hypnotherapist, a sound therapist, a cognitive behavioral therapist, and I'm not sure what else. She does pretty much everything. Uh, she's a great medium and I want to talk to her today about mediumship and the nature of mediumship, what it is and what it isn't actually. Uh, Kat and I, I was having a discussion with someone and I talked about imagination and mediumship and Kat and her spirit team took a little bit of an exception to that. So we wanted to have this conversation. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you get something out of it. Hey everybody, this is Brian Smith back with another episode of Grief to Growth. And today I've got with me my good friend and famous medium, Kat Bailey, Kat Bailey, medium Kat Bailey. Kat is uh, an amazing medium. She's got a, a really interesting background. She's also a hypnotherapist, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, sound healing. Kat's kind of into many, many different modalities, which we're probably going to come back another time and, and talk about. And we'll talk about Kat's fascinating life. But today we're going to talk about mediumship, what it is, what it isn't, how it works. Um, I had made a video about mediumship and Kat saw it and had some things she wanted to say. So I brought her in, we're going to have a conversation today about, you know, again, what mediumship is, how it works, how it doesn't work, and why you may see what you do see in mediumship. So with that long introduction, I want to say welcome to Kat. Uh, welcome, everybody. It's lovely to be here today. It's lovely to be debating with my good friend as well. And um, Brian and I have many, many talks on all sorts of different things, um, and we love to debate things. We don't always pretend to have all the answers, but we, we come up with some very interesting facts as we sort of challenge each other to kind of understand more really um so we we came here to talk about mediumship brian and i were having a debate over the word imagination it started about imagination because sometimes when we're utilizing mediumship it feels as if you're accessing your imagination it feels like you're moving images and sometimes you are um but i was saying to brian that the main uh 
I suppose we should start with kind of the purpose of mediumship and kind of what mediumship means. Um, I, I have a strong belief that mediumship is a natural faculty of the human uh, psyche and sense. Um, I, I don't think a medium is different, special. Um, they might be talented, just like somebody can be an, uh, a talented artist or a talented musician. Um, but I think they, the, the good mediums originate from a place of healing and just natural intuition or inspiration. And that divine force, that life force, that prana, that um, universal consciousness, whatever you want to call it. I, if, if it was discovered today, I think it's simply love unconditional love that element and spark that's within each and every one of us is that one thing that we all have in common and i believe that i'm not designed differently to you we might look differently we might have different gifts or skill bases but we've got a similar makeup and it didn't make sense to me when people started saying all oh, mediums different they're gifted they're special mm, i don't buy that brian I, I i think that it's like learning to read or write when you started to learn to uh, uh, sort of do numbers. You maybe counted from one to three, you maybe could count backwards three to one, then you could become, you can divide, you can subtract, you can add. Um, basically, the, the psychic faculty is the same. It can be developed. And, and it, there was one stage where we couldn't do our one, two, threes. We couldn't say our ABCs, and now we can. We can do it backwards. We can subtract it and all those kind of things. So I really, I'm really quite a strong believer that it's a natural faculty that for whatever reason we've not activated, and maybe we've not activated it out of fear. Now, in the UK, we've got a bit of a different history to um, the global sort of sight on this in that we had lots of witch hunts in our day and kind of murders people were tried to be a witch and if they if they drowned they were a witch and if they survived they were a witch yeah. so you can really win so I think historically there's a lot of fear around what is mediumship and a lot of misunderstanding which is what we're here to clear up today and mm -hmm. so my biggest sort of impression on I think you agree with me on this one is that it is a natural faculty um now, that said, my journey, as you know, didn't start like that. I did have some intuition as a young child. Um, I did have a few unusual moments, mainly through synchronicities and coincidences. But there's one particular time that I can recall around the age of 13, where I woke up one day to see a woman, what I thought was a vision of a woman in armour, stood over my bed with a sword above her head. I suddenly double took twice to think, well, what the hell is that? Um, but she wasn't the, the weird thing is my house was a very modern house it wasn't as if it was a haunted house or you know any of the kind of stereotypes that you get about old-fashioned houses and in a blink of an eye that, that that scene went um but years later that that would come up in a reading that I had and it was quite quite an interesting one so uh, there was me thinking was it a fraction of my imagination but then somebody else validates it and says once when you were 13 you had this vision um, so it, I suppose it sows a seed of curiosity. And then I saw sort of, the two big things that kind of led me to mediumship that could be the same for any of our audience today is one, uh, an accident, the, the, the automatic um, opening of the psychic and mediumistic faculty through a diving accident. So a near-death experience. I experienced, you know, in the water, um, that moment where I thought I was going to die, that the silent peace that everybody talks about, I experienced, I saw the wave of energy coming towards me. 
And what really amazed me is that it responded to what I said. Now, at the time that this happened to me, this diving accident, I'd waited eight to nine years to get engaged and married to the love of my life, Stuart. And um, I, I, I took a long time to get him down the aisle, Lucy. Mm-hmm. And I was really keen to get married. So this moment in the water was kind of a bit petrifying for me because I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I've waited eight to nine years to get engaged. I finally got him to succumb. And now you're going to take me over. You're going to take me to the other side. And I was like, please, please, please. I just really wanted to get married. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the moment that sort of started it. And then though I'm not religious, it's really interesting. I'm not religious now because I work with so many different people from different uh, religions. But I love all religions and I, I'm interested in all kind of faiths and cultures. I'm just interested in the human race in general. But um, I had this moment where I was brought up in a Church of England uh, school when I was uh, in primary school, so quite a long time ago. Um, But I said the Lord's Prayer. I did know the Lord's Prayer. And in that moment, I said, I said, thank you. If you're going to take me, I just want to say I've had a really great life and I've really enjoyed it. My only issue is I'd love to stay for a little bit more. But if you are going to take me, then I want to go in prayer. And I said the Lord's Prayer. And at that exact moment, the wave of energy pulled back and retracted. And that's when I was suddenly like, holy sugar, there's something in the water with me. There's something here. And it felt like I was being watched, Brian. I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't see a physical person. It was just an energy that pulled back. Hmm. Um, But it was that moment that sort of triggered a few things for me. Now, prior to this accident, my grandfather, who was very, very close to me, he was uh, probably closer to me my father I love my father dearly my grandfather was particularly special and we had a very special bond together and I I guess uh, the journey that starts any kind of mediumistic inquiry to a certain degree and if you're not a scientist that is who's studying it is this idea that consciousness lives on and I my love for my grandfather and his for mine had a sort of bond that that was going to if there was an afterlife was going to was going to bridge across that kind of fold or that fail if you like so my first entry into mediumship was actually with the passing of my grandfather he appeared and I think this is quite useful for the listeners especially if you've had a recent grief or bereavement is that the night before we um, buried my grandfather the last time I saw my grandfather actually six weeks before he died he's it's the only time I've ever seen him cry and he said you won't see me again. You're not going to see me again alive. And he burst out crying. And I said, don't be so ridiculous and silly, granddad. See you in six weeks. I'll come back from university a day early. I absolutely promise you, you will see me again. And he said, I won't. I won't see you in the physical. And I laughed and I said, well, I tell you what, if there is an afterlife, you better come and find me. And that was kind of the last comment I made. And I started laughing, changed the subject, gave him a hug, sat on his knee and just said, don't be such a silly old fool. I still love you. And ironically, I did come back a day early from university and he passed the afternoon of the day before very comfortably, sipping a cup of tea. He just literally lifted the cup of tea to his lips, put it down on the side and passed in his chair very, very quickly from a heart attack. Now, the day that we, the night before we were going to bury him, my um, my mum had a really weird experience. She was uh, sleeping in the room behind the master room and she was the daughter-in-law. It wasn't her father that we were burying, it was her father-in-law. And she could hear, uh, well, first of all, she saw lights, like orbs of lights in the bedroom. 
and uh, she could hear my grandpa, uh, grandma talking to what she thought was my grandfather. And so she thought she was dreaming. She opened her eyes and she could still hear the voices and the lights actually got brighter, at which point my mum was quite nervous, held on to the bed, closed her eyes and just wished for it to go away. Um, and she probably would have just not thought twice about it until my um, grandma in the morning, who was ironically on the first stages of Alzheimer's, another reason that my mum wouldn't have believed it, she hadn't experienced it herself. Mm-hmm. So did you see the lights, Joan? Because granddad came back last night to say not to worry about the funeral today. What we're burying is the shell and the soul lives on. And so this concept of mediumship for me originated out of this. What do you mean the soul lives on? Mm. and that was the sort of seed that was sown I think granddad was very clever actually in the way that he did it and I was the other kind of frustration of being a 20 something who adored and idolised her grandfather he's like what do you mean he came back to visit you two and he didn't come back to visit me I was the one that said if there's an afterlife he better come find me and he doesn't come to see me and so you know that naivety of mm. Something who loved, just loved a grandfather. Um, it kind of came back to bite me in the bottom as of 11 years later. So, my first instance of mediumship was. Yeah. All right. Little technical issue, but we're back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called Fan Mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back, and I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. Okay, so so yeah, so this sowed the seed. This idea that my grandfather had come back to visit my my uh, grandma and my mother, and to say that what we were burying was the shell and, and the soul lives on was really the seed that sort of got my curiosity, if you like. And I was kind of like, well, if there is enough to like, is is he there? Am I going to experience him? And my mum wouldn't take me um, to see mediums at the time. Um, she was aware of them. Um, my sister had actually had an amazing experience having lost uh, a child in miscarriage uh, with a medium and I, I guess that that link saved my life actually when I did start having my awareness and um, so for me although I'd had sort of intuitive moments and I'd had some experiences I didn't I always believed that my grandfather would be with me um, but I didn't have any evidence of that and then, and I think that's the difference with mediumship or this kind of wish or want or hope that there's something there. You have to have evidence. And I was very fortunate that as, as the psychic, as the, the psychic faculty opened in this diving accident or was triggered by this accident, this fear or this meeting with the energy that came to greet me, whatever that was, and it would then spur a, a, a load of synchronicities and signs that would lead me um, actually, first of all, to deal with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and to learn how to deal with that holistically. I, uh, I went to for a series of massages, not something that I would normally do. Um, and on the last one, um, the guy that was actually treating me uh, failed to, um, uh, his car broke down. And so they were asked, they asked me, did I want to wait three months or did I want to see the locum? And I decided that they'd done so much work in terms of relaxing the body, it seems a shame not to complete the, the cycle. Um, that Those kind of synchronicities then led me to meet a guy who was a healer and it was 
his awareness of my diving accident and and tell me that there was a blockage in the in the lower back that sort of really sort of then triggered this opening of the mediumship faculty and when it started with me brian it really started with uh something that i find quite challenging still to talk about and that was the angelic realm so i wasn't religious at the time um i'm not now um but suddenly i see a, a tv screen almost open out in front of me it's two three in the morning but i'm wide awake i'm not dreaming um it felt like i was dreaming with my eyes open and i see uh, what I think is two Roman soldiers with a white Bedouin tent in the back when discussing a battle. And as I call out uh, the name, uh, wondering who this person is, that suddenly I hear the words, no, not Gabrielle, Michael. My name's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. I've come to cut the cord. And I was like, oh no. Um, <laughs> my dreams just answered back. Mm. What the hell's going on? And then I have to be honest, I was really scared because sure. dreams don't answer back. And I think this ties in with our conversation about imagination. Mm -hmm. How can a dream answer back? It wasn't my consciousness. In a dream, you're putting the images there, aren't you? You're putting the thoughts, you're, or it, it's playing out like a video, but when you interact with it, like in lucid dreaming, you've got some level of control with it right. because you're able to morph the images or change it into the sort of scenery or the image that you want, daydreaming, whatever you want to call it. Um, but in this instance, this was not a thought process that was coming from me. It was not an image from, and it was followed by a physical feeling. I got a burning in the stomach. Mm -hmm. I bent over, I fell to the floor. I actually crawled on my hands and knees into the lounge. My stomach was so painful. And the only thing that would release that was like uh, a yoga, actually doing some salutations in the front room, trying to release the energy of what felt like a burning you know, I didn't know if I was coming down with something, that kind of thing. Um, and so I guess in that opening moment, that was my first experience of clear foyance, seeing this opening almost like a screen in front of me, in my mind projected, and yet it interacted with me and it answered back. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, sure. and, and then that following, and it was fo followed by clear audience, that hearing spirit. Now, clear audience is can be two things. It can be outside clear audience you can get objective clear audience outside of the body very rare because spirit have to use the energy in a room you know we've seen right. ourselves when we've seen evps we've interviewed sherry pearl on evps she morphs or makes a piece of uh sound that spirit manipulates so it, it, it takes a lot of energy to speak outside of the body so yeah. objective clear audience and i've only heard that once or twice and the majority of the clear audience I get is like a stream of consciousness. It, it, it's like talking in my thoughts. It's like when you go to the supermarket and somebody forgets, you know, you've got a list of things to buy and maybe apples was on there and you've got to the till and you've got to put apple, you've forgot to buy the apples. And suddenly your mind says, oh, you forgot about the apples and you go back. So it's almost like a stream of consciousness, this clear audience. You can, however, get um, external objective clear audience, which might be um, because clear audience isn't just words it can be sounds so when you're in a house so for instance i was at a house at the weekend that's known for activity um it's a 12th century house in chester 
and more than one person has heard footsteps coming down the stairs. Mm -hmm. So it's that the sound is witnessed by more than one person. So it's not inside the body. Yeah, and let's let's talk about it because I want to make that clear for people that are listening because I think people have a misunderstanding about how mediumship usually works. So first, I want to say usually because you and I talked about this. Mediums get things differently. Every medium is different. Everybody's experience is different. So I don't want to speak for everybody. So yeah, some people will hear, as we call it, objectively or outside the body. So as you said, that's like if I heard a car door slam outside, it comes in through my ear, everybody in the room can hear it. And yeah. then there's subjective or internal, which is the way people say clear audience, but it's actually in their head, like their own voice. Is that right? Yeah, it feels like that. Sometimes it's not your own voice. There's an interesting one. Um, and I don't, again, I can only speak for myself, not other people, mm -hmm. but I, when this started and I said, <laughs> I said to the healer who'd, who, 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 uh, had, had triggered this reaction in me, I said, who that, who is Michael? And he said, ask him. I said, what do you mean? Ask him. He said, ask him in your head who he is. Right. And I said, what? And, and when he shouted his name, it was very much a male sounding voice, very strong, mm -hmm. definite male voice. Mm -hmm. Now, when I asked who's Michael in my head, a woman's voice answered. So you can detect on occasion, not always, sometimes it feels like it's your mind or your voice talking to you. Sometimes it isn't, Brian. Sometimes right. it sounds right. like a male voice or a female voice and the tone of the voice will be different. You can even occasionally detect an accent, not always, but sometimes if they're wanting to have a joke with you and they're wanting to put some of their personality in it. Sure. They, and, and you're aware of the dialect, you might you might get a feel a feel for it. So that's tapping into clear sentience. Yeah. Well it's like when I when I read a text from you, I know your voice. So I, I hear it in your voice. When I, yeah. I when I read PMH Atwater's books now that I've read her, I, I hear them in her voice. But it's yeah. still it's still in my head, right? It's still her yeah, voice. Maybe in my maybe, head. That, maybe that's it actually. Maybe it's just our psychic is our psyche is is broad isn't it um but here's the thing we've in in life in normal everyday life we very rarely just use one sense and this is what i explain to my circle that i teach on a monday is mm -hmm. often we're using more than one sense if i see an image as in see an image internally clairvoyantly so i see a picture in order to understand the context of that picture i then feel it mm -hmm. oh why are they showing me a ski slope oh that's weird they, they're not a skier or snowboarder, feel forward to their parents. Oh, they're not evil. Why are they showing me a ski slope? Well, kind of put that on hold and keep going with the information that does fit until I understand the context of it. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling. And then eventually it's like, ah, oh, the aha moment. It's not a ski holiday that they've been on. They're trying to talk about Switzerland, a ski holiday that I've been on. So it's and, and that's the point I want to ask. I want to bring it also is what you just said, because again, I think people think that from a medium and again, different for everybody, that your loved one comes in and says, I was a world champion skier. I won the winter 1976 Olympics. It's not like that. It's more like you get a feeling of skiing, you get a feeling of ski slope. You might, you might get a picture of Switzerland on a map. You know, it's, it's kind of like, almost like a game of charades for, I think, for a lot of mediums. I, I often describe it as the best game of charades you're ever going to play. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like that for everyone, Brian, because- No, it's not, yeah. have taught me see spirit as physically as you and I, and they hear their voices just like you right. and I. Um, so I, I've never experienced that. I've only seen my guide once in the physical. Um, mm -hmm. 
and he didn't speak. I just knew, I don't know if it was telepathically, but everything, the way that the love that enveloped him, the way that he looked at me, I just knew I'd known him for enchelons. I just, whoever he was, I just adored him. Right. And I knew that he felt the same way about me. But there were no words. It was all said in a smile. It was all said in the gesture. Yeah, I saw him as physically as you and I. Um, I didn't hear his voice. Right. Um, I didn't see his eyes. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about because it was interesting because you and I, like you said at the beginning, we start off talking about imagination, right? So what I was saying is, I was talking to a medium, and I talked to several who said it's kind of like your imagination. Not that it is your imagination. It's kind of like your imagination. It's the best way they use to describe it. And then after you and I had that conversation, I ran across this quote from PMH Atwater, which I want to read. Um, what she says is the difference between imagination versus imaginal. The differences between the two is important for us to know. Imagination is intentional fabrication where we make it up from around, from around minds, feelings, and preferences. Imaginal is what is presented to us intact from within a world that is as real as we see, touch, hear, feel, smell, and know intellectually. Imaginal realms exist beyond a three-dimensional world where things are real in the sense that they're not being imagined by our own liking or benefit. Imaginal imagery has integrity that exists apart from what we create or control. So that is the difference between imagination and imagination. I love that quote. Yeah. I love that quote because it can, because I don't think it is your imagination. I, I think sometimes you you put an image out there so you might see you know i might say oh, what eye color you are and i see my eye color first and so i project my eye color and then they change it and they morph it so last night i was reading for someone i said oh i can see the blue eyes like my own but now he's changed it to green mm -hmm. so i know that his eye color is green um so i agree with that i think the imagination is a great tool of the psyche but it's only one of many tools of the psyche well i think the, the reason for this is important okay because for most of us i had never heard the word imaginal until i read that quote no, meaning so, so when a medium says, it's kind of like your imagination, which is, again, is what I've heard them say. And they're like, well, I know it's real when I get validation. And I've been done some mediumship development. I've done some with you. And you'll yeah. ask me to picture a loved one. And I, and I picture them. But it's just like if I just make it up. But the difference is there is an, there is an imaginal realm. And a couple of times I've gotten, I've gotten it right, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's the difference is that validation that it's actually a, a separate existence. So. Like I, right now, I can imagine I'm running outside, right? But that's not really happening. But I can also imagine that Shane is sitting here saying something to me, and that could really be happening. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe the NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. And I think that's it. You become more disparaging the more experience you get. Right. So you've got to discern energy at the start. So, um, so I guess if we, if we, if we sort of say mediumship is 
um, a mediumship is consciously aware and they're expanding their senses. So I don't believe that those senses are extra uh, extrasensory, though I hear ESP banded around a lot, or ESP banded around a lot. Um, I think they're their expansion of our normal senses. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, clear, clear we, we're seeing uh, with our physical eye, well, when we're seeing internally, we're seeing with our, our, our penal gland, we're seeing with our third eye, we're seeing internally. So we're seeing images. Um, we, we might see videos playing, we might see them in black and white, we might see them in colour, um, they might be still life pictures, they might be moving videos, the videos of our mind. So, um, you know, in the same with uh, clear audience, we've talked about it can be internal, it can be external. Uh, clear sentience, feeling, I mean, very powerful tool. So you see the image, but you feel it. Same with clear voice and clear audience. If you if you see thunder, but then you hear, uh, sorry, if you see lightning and then you hear thunder, you the, the, the feeling of that thunder is more intense. And it is when you experience it. The mind, actually from a, a, a hypnotherapy point of view, the brain doesn't know the difference between real or imagined. That's a proven fact. There are scripts in place that we use as clinical hypnotherapists uh, where we can imagine eating a lemon or tasting a lemon and the, the body will respond by releasing saliva into the mouth. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a bit similar with mediumship in that it feels really real and the more that you can discern energy or more that you can understand your senses and, and, and let, let me be clear, there's clear foins, clear audience, clear sentience, clear salience, clear smelling, clear gustance, clear tasting, um, clear... Uh, tangency so we've got touch we've got clear empathy when we empathize for somebody and we emotionally feel for them but we can also get as mediums physical feeling mm -hmm. and that's not just within the realm i know we've talked about mental mediumship physical medium and trance which i'll come to in a moment yeah but in terms of we just start with mental mediumship this idea that we're in our waking state and we're having this communication with another realm or another dimension or a feeling or source that's blending and harmonizing with us which is really where the word medium comes from it's this idea that the energy is um your consciousness is blending with the consciousness of your loved one and it's very hard i don't like the word energy when i'm saying that because people can get very upset that what do you mean my loved one's an energy source what you are not a physical person i believe that they're in the subtle energy and that they are a live person in the same way but mm -hmm. they haven't got a physical body so they have to use mine in order to project the communication and so they harmonize and blend with my energy and then they're able to project the the the, the visions through my eyes the the, the sounds through my ears the taste, the smells, the feelings, the touch. But sometimes I'll get a physical feeling. And this is why I was saying I don't think that this is where I disagreed on the imagination bit. Because, mm -hmm. um, so for instance, the other night I was reading for somebody and um, I got a violent burning in the chest. And then suddenly I felt I couldn't breathe. And I was gasped. I was actually physically gasping for breath. And then I would, my hand went to my lower stomach and I felt the pain in my stomach. And I said, so I know that there are two conditions here because I can feel that I'm, 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 I'm short of breath. I've got a pain in my chest, but there's also a pain in my stomach because there's a sharp, shabbing, uh, a st a sharp stabbing pain now in the right-hand side of my um, body. Would you understand two conditions linked with the passing? But actually, uh, it could be that they didn't pass with either. These are just two ailments that they've had prior to the passing. Mm -hmm. So 
you, you get better at discerning the feelings or the, the images and, and a medium doesn't always know how they're working, right. um, especially at the beginning. And even when they get more attuned to it and more aware of how they work, and spirit will, will change it up. Every in reading is different. Every reading is individual. So you never really know how the spirit's going to communicate. And you have to bear in mind that it's a three-way communication. It's you, me, and the spirit world, if you're my sitter. And it, I can, I'm, I'm using your energy, whether you're aware of it or not, at the same time as the spirit energy. And so if, you, you, if there's fear present and you block my reading, or you are frightened or nervous or you you know skeptical is great but if you're cynical and you don't want to believe you won't believe spirit world will halt it because they don't want to frighten you so they're not going to project something that you don't want in your life that it give they give you free choice yeah. um and, and and equally when i go to that spirit person um it there's a i i notice a very succinct difference brian to somebody that i've read for before to somebody that i'm reading for for the first time or it's the first time they've ever worked with a medium on the other time mm. so they've got my guide and i can hear them interacting with my guide there was a brilliant one the other day actually a doctor that was coming through and i could hear him talking to my guide and he was talking about how do i get this mannerism through i always do this and then the next minute my hands went into this gesture and i'm like oh he wants me to lean forward and he wants me to do this when he talked he must always talk like this because he wants to tap my hands as i talk and lean forward and lean like this mm -hmm. um and that's beautiful it's almost more evidential than anything i say if you will because mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a mannerism something that i can't uh, uh know easily or, or find and it's unique to the essence of that soul that spirit but what I realise is it could be the first time that they're working or interacting with somebody. And if I've read for somebody the set, and I'm reading for the same person, so say, for instance, a year after my first reading, the same parents or, or person, uh, you know, husband, wife, whoever it is, comes for the reading and wants to connect to the same person. What I tend to find is the reading is easier for a couple of reasons. One, I'm more relaxed. So I'm happier, they know how I work, they're comfortable, they've come back again, so they've obviously enjoyed the first reading. Yay, we're on a good, we're on a good place already. Uh, secondly, their loved ones worked with me before, so I feel comfortable with their interaction. They've got a little bit of an idea of how I work, they might have watched me or studied me do more readings since their reading, because uh, they knew they were coming back for more. Um, and and therefore i get the mannerisms or the sense or the essence of them a lot quicker uh, and i find that they broaden the communication in the second meeting actually and hmm. um, you tend to get um, the mannerisms get broader and um, there's one particular um, uh, guy that i'm thinking of that i love reading for and every time i read for him it's almost like i always call him um he always goes one up it's like I, I can't keep he's too fast for me he's like goes one stage ahead he pushes the boundaries and stretches my mediumship love working with him because i never know what to expect yeah. and 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 that's how we sort of evolve and learn and and so i'd say as well there brian that mediumship is an evolving process you know when i first started training i had my aura taken it was just a little ball of light here and it expands out you know two years ago i had it taken again in india and it's this big ball of light with just these rims of pale green or blue around the outside of the edge and what i realized that is um because i know one of your questions for me was you know why why does the level of mediumship differ between people and why do um 
you know, why can't they just sit there? And, why can't I just sit there and say, I've got the Formula One racer and he won the Grand Prix uh, on, in 2012 and his best mates are X, Y, so why can't I just talk and have a conversation mm-hmm. like you and I are having? Well, they haven't got a physical body to have that conversation through. They're utilizing mine and, and so self-doubt because you're wondering, you have to discern which are your thoughts and which are the spirit world's thoughts as well because your critical mind can interfere in mental mediumship mm-hmm. and and also this light you know this aura this light that we're expanding or we're working on as we become more spiritual we create a better canvas for the spirit world to impress on so i know um when i had my real divinity moment and i i really felt this in the spirit of the angels and, and maybe even god i heard this lady's voice say um you know all you have to do is reflect back my light. And she showed me this beautiful piece of water, a river with this light reflecting on it. All you have to do is shine back my light. And um, and doesn't light look beautiful when it reflects on water? And that for me always stayed with me, this idea that the cleaner my aura, the cleaner my water, because we are, let's face it, as a human race, 60 to 70% made of water. If, I, if, I, if I'm clean of emotions, if I'm clean of... Um, you know, if I've developed my spirituality, if I've worked on myself, because as a medium, you you find that all your issues come to the surface first. You have to scoop them off, clear them away. Uh, it can be quite an emotional roller coaster getting to that clean space where you become less judgmental or non-judgmental, or and, and you focus on unconditional love. Um, you 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 want that clean canvas to imprint on, and so even now I see a massive difference in my readings two years ago to now, and I'm sure in two years' time they'll be even better than they are today. So it's an evolving process, and I think experience yeah. one thing, um, Brian, and the second thing is you've got to get past your human self, and yeah. that's process and it can interfere so it's not that we mean to trick anybody or we kind of mean to mislead anybody in any way and it can be heartbreaking if you if you've spent 90% of your reading is dead-on accurate and then suddenly your critical mind gets in the way you make a mistake but that person hangs on that one piece of mistake and not the 90% evidence that you have presented that's been really good which might include a name a passing condition a day you know uh, the dog's name right the, the, right and that kind of thing um it's heartbreaking because you you know i'm just talking from a real honest point of view is we're human and yeah. that humanness gets interferes with that consciousness and if i'm you know i can think of a really uh, common one as well brian is um I, I was once coming down with the flu i didn't know i was coming down with the flu and you know i'd had a week of brilliant readings and then this one day i couldn't connect i'm like oh what's happened? Like, hello, <laughs> hello. And you know, I had to be really like, I was quite embarrassed. I just sort of said, you know, I don't know what's wrong. I can't connect today. Right, right. Um, but, but the next day I came down with the flu and all in that I did in that case is say to the, 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 the client, um, would you mind if I read for you in a week's time? and reschedule and if i can't read for you on that occasion i'll i'll refund you mm-hmm. um but for whatever reason i can't get the connection today and i have to respect that there'll be a reason for that and i don't know what that reason is but i just have to respect it and the next day i came down with flu so yeah you know, your physical health also plays a role you've got to be healthy you've got to look after your body a good diet um you know even my diet's changing i i can't eat red meat anymore i can do it on special occasions but i can't if i'm constantly working i can only do it when i've got time off 
because it interferes. It's a lower level vibration. And I get really bad stomachache now or kind of gassy exchanges going on if I'm eating red meat during a reading period. Hmm. Um, if I've got a weekend off, then that's not a problem. I've got 48 hours to get it out of my system. Absolutely fine. But what I find is that you have to have a healthy diet. You also have to kind of keep yourself to a level of fitness or kind of mm-hmm. um, to a certain degree as well. Because being out in nature, whether it's walking or running or just to keep uh, sort of to cleanse really all the, the, the energy work that you're doing. You're carrying other people's grey matter, their conditions, their, their loved ones, their feelings with you. And you've got to have a method of kind of uh, allowing those to wash over you into a sort of neutralize if you like does Mm -hmm. that make sense it does and you touched on a lot of really good things there um because what i really wanted to do is help people set expectations for people um because there are people who are are, i don't like the word skeptical i'm skeptical who are cynical about mediumship that just says it can't possibly happen and then they bring up some of these objections um like if that person was a medium then they would have known that this was going to happen because i think all mediums can read the future or if that person was a true medium they could tell me my mother's social security number. You know, mm-hmm. they, they think it should be like sitting down having a conversation with someone sitting you know, right next to you. So you talked about, you know, several things there. One is it's a multiple tiered connection. I've heard a lot of people say three way. It might be a four way or five way because. Yeah, yeah, it's true because the guides interact as well. The person on the other side is interacting a lot of times with your guide who is then interacting with you. And then that all these people's energy needs to come together. So it's, it's, it's your, it's your mental state. That's right. Yeah. And and it's your mental state as the medium. It's my state as a sitter. I've I've talked to a lot of people that are going into readings and I've worked with the guy who's a medium and people would be, they're on the, they're, they're babies crying in the background when they're trying to have a reading or they're in their car driving, trying to have a reading or they come to a reading drunk, you know, you know, and these types of things are not conducive to having a good reading. The sitter has responsibility. The sitter's yeah. got to be in the right frame of mind. Having a nice, quiet spot, somewhere that you can concentrate, that you can listen, maybe giving yourself five minutes before the reading to kind of allow yourself to come to a not a space of peace, but stillness or quietness, to set the intention of who you want to hear from and what you'd like to hear about. Um, spirit world often know, but it's nice for them to hear, this is my priority or this is who I want. Um, and, and, and it always helps. It's, it, it helps the medium do that connection and get the strongest connection if you like. Um, I don't mind skeptics, but what I do find is that sometimes people come and they want to laugh and you're just kind of like, well, I don't mind you being curious. I don't mind you being spiritual, but please be respectful. Um, I'm working really hard. I've left a six digit salary to do this on behalf of spirit world. I can honestly say I earn a fraction of that now. Mm-hmm. And but I do it for the love of what, the spirit world have asked me to do it's about healing and helping i think the innate purpose of mediumship is to help people find closure or to heal and it's to it's not it's to show them the continuation of love that love has no end and it has no beginning and it can be extremely healing you know you can have people that i know and you know from the mediums that we've worked with or interacted with that've saved lives they've they've, they've, they've prevented somebody from taking their own life, maybe suicide. They've, they've maybe gave, given some uh, person a different way to look at grief or um, sort of brought around such evidential evidence for someone. It's given somebody the peace that they suddenly are sleeping at night when they haven't slept for 
three, four months and they're, they've got insomnia and they're up the wall with panic attacks. And you know, grief, grief is a really harsh thing. And the other thing that I'd say is we've seen in our cycle of work from the, the charity work that we do, and you know, two, three years down the line, it's heartbreaking, but some of the, the sitters or the people that I love, they, they start falling ill because they've got blockages in the body for the, from the emotion. They get heart disease or cancers and stuff like that. Grief is a serious uh, thing. And, and so anything that can disband grief or can support somebody uh, that can, uh, you know, cause a, a transition in the body, um, I guess at the end of the day, it's compassion, isn't it? It's compassion. If you can be compassionate towards somebody, listen to somebody and give people information that is useful to them um, and, and can help them, um, then then that's got to be a good thing. And so we we often, when we're, looking at the skeptical or the cynical side of things we were trying to look for the, the the negative of it but let's look at the positives too let's have a balanced view what are the benefits what are the positives and and there are a lot of positives there's a lot of people whose lives have been completely changed of which mine is definitely one of them you know if i had not known about mediums if my sister had not had a contact with one when she'd had a miscarriage then my life could have been very, very different when I had this opening of the, uh, of the psychic faculty as well, because I could have ended up in a mental institute uh, with lots of drugs thrown down my neck because people wanted to perceive it as bipolar or psychosis or something, because I'm suddenly saying I'm hearing things, seeing things uh, and right. feeling yeah. things. On the other serious side, I say to people, think very, very carefully. You know, in some cases, this was not mental illness, but people wanted to believe it was. They would prefer to believe it was mental illness than that I was actually having a mediumistic awakening. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really, really dangerous. And I'm just really thankful that I had the right people around me in the spirit world really came in at full force to show me a different way. And they told me what to do. They told me what to start running. They told me where to go to get the evidence. I went to a town I'd never been to before looking for black and white photos mm -hmm. one they said would have the hay bale on it my granddad said it would have the name Sutcliffe on it and it was that was the photographer Frank Medicine Sutcliffe very famous air, uh, photographer never knew he took photographs of my family three generations back and and here's the inclusive thing which I love is that my sister had done the family tree she's really into history and at the exact same time, coincidence, synchronicity, I don't know, but I think it's amazing. We suddenly get the pictures that match the family tree that she's done and we're able to match the seven kids that lived three generations back to the dates, the dates check out, the, their names check out, and it's incredible. So then you're kind of left with, wow, here's the people that wanted this to be psychosis or they wanted this to be bipolar. That actually sat a lot easier with them than the idea that there's something else communicating with me. Yeah. And different levels of consciousness communicating with me. Yeah, well, um, that kind of brings us back to the imagination versus the imaginal. And I, and I want to talk about like mediumship, okay? So we, we're going to talk about mental mediumship and transmediumship and physical mediumship. But just within mental mediumship, um, there should be, and you being trained in England, you guys are really into the evidence. There should yes. be evidence in a reading. So I, when I'm setting people's expectations, I want to lower them from thinking that medium is going to be 100% accurate because no medium is. But I also want to raise people's expectations and the medium should tell you more than that. I have your grandmother here and she loves you very much. Um, yeah. the, the only way we know it's imaginal versus imagination is if we have some evidence. Yeah. 
Um, so let me think, uh, who was I reading for last night? Um, and so, yeah, so you, well, in fact, if I think about the group readings I did last week, you know, I've got a, I've got a brother here. He's a, his, he dies from a cancer. The cancer will have been in his pancreas or stomach because he's touching my stomach area there. Uh, he also tells me there's a secondary condition. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's with him or you, but he's just suddenly like moving my wrist and talking about a wrist issue. Have you got a wrist issue at the moment? Yes, I have. Okay, so he's this wrist issue. Um, you, the evidence can be dates, it can be names. Some things can be harder. Now, what I would say that, that frustrates me, Brian, is sometimes you can have somebody that sits in front of you and you can get names and you can get dates and you can, it can be the best reading that you've ever done. One of my favourite readings was so ridiculously evidential because they said, you know, um, uh, my, my favourite one is that I said, uh, the sun said to me, and I even laughed because I thought the chances of this are, are crazy. Um, he said, I really want my parents to meet, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, the president of the former president of the uh, USA, um, um, Barack Obama. Oh, okay. face. Mm -hmm. And I was like, <laughs> I started laughing and going, please don't shoot the messenger. But he's adamant that he would like he's trying to arrange for you to meet Barack Obama face to face. Now, the interesting thing here, Brian, is that that um, that evidence, you know, they had had a phone call with Barack Obama once and, and but they'd never seen him face to face. But mm. unbeknown to us at the exact time that that reading was taking his place, his best friend, now an aide to a congressman in Ohio, was in a lineup meeting Barack Obama. Hmm. And the this is the other weird thing that Spirit do. They're very, very clever, Brian. The, 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 the parent in question on this call goes for a walk and leaves the phone in the house. And the phone call comes through and the, the aide, uh, the, 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 the sitter's best friend, uh, sorry, the uh, spirit person's best friend and uh, Barack Obama tried to FaceTime uh, the client, only she's left her phone oh, in, wow. in the, the flat. So you're like, oh, so not only have you told, they told you something that's in the future that you couldn't possibly have known because it hasn't even happened. Right, right. Um, but they forget their phone. Why would they do that? This was something that troubled me. Why would they go to this effort of doing this amount of evidential work and then she doesn't pick up the phone? Mm. Well, the reason for that is because the person that they wanted to touch was the best friend. And that story that he was still alive and that love still lives on would not have been passed forth had the drama not happened over missing the call. Wow, and yeah. so you... What I love there is, wow, the spirit world's intelligence, they want to touch more than one person. So, so I, I, you can have a reading like that, and that's powerful. That's probably your best reading in the world, and you're really chuffed. You've had a great day at work. Right. Or the next call you take, you've got good evidence, you've got, com you've got a connection, you've got evidence and stuff about... Uh, you know, they lived abroad, they, uh, this is a father, lived abroad, very intelligent, um, I can see lots of books around them, uh, uh, potentially works in, in, a, in a corporate world, very well educated, reaches a good level, um, likes cars, uh, likes luxury cars, shows me a white car, shows me a BMW, at some point would have owned a BMW, a white BMW, and you, you can get, it's, it's okay, it's okay, it's good. 
that mm -hmm. it's okay it's just okay mm -hmm. and that person's upset because you haven't got the names you haven't got the dates you and so it's very hard you go from this complete high of wow amazing readings or maybe in the group readings that are quite consistent um it's it's a connection it's good there's information there that is evidential right. it's not accurate as saying you're going to get a call from former <laughs> usa do you, right right you know? Uh, and, and then laughing at that as well, or being told about the, the, the problem of the humpback whales on the, on the uh, you know, coastline of uh, Hawaii. And we're like, I don't know anything about humpback whales. Do you know anything about humpback whales? No, I don't know anything. Was he a marine biologist? Did he like humpback whales? Yeah, he's a marine biologist, loves humpback whales. Can yeah. we Google it? Can we find out? Does, do we know? Is this correct? Is that evidential? Sometimes you don't even know what you're saying is evidential. And yeah. the magic is when you find out after the reading that it's correct. Um, I've even had it sometimes, again, another example of them wanting to touch more than one soul. Mm -hmm. telling, telling somebody the day before... Uh, you know, saying the day before the person passed over, this they were in uh, another country, they were at this church, they named the country, they described the church, and the person saying, no, they absolutely weren't there the day before. And then you say, well, on this occasion, I, I admit, I make mistakes sometimes, but this feels really strong. So I'm going to say, I don't like to leave something with you, but on this occasion, I'm going to have to, because this they're not backing down on this. Every time I go mm -hmm. to say, have I made a mistake? They're saying no. So I'll be the first one to admit a mistake if I feel that I've made one. But if they're adamant, I won't go there, Brian. And I think that's important to sort of understand. And the next day, that person rings and said, you won't believe it. They were with their uncle the day before and they did go to that church and they were in that country. And I can say that because I've, I've got it in the third cover of my mind because I've been there. And then you've got this brilliant kind of moment where you realize again that spirit person wanted to touch that person that they loved that wasn't in the reading that day. Um, and so it, it's intelligent. That's what I'll say. It's intelligent, Brian. There's yeah, an and those, those are things that are, um, that are super evidential. And it, it, it also brings up a couple of objections I've heard to mediumship, which is interesting when people say, oh, they're just mind reading. When these are people who are materialists who don't believe in mind reading to begin with, right? But they say, oh, the medium's just reading your mind. But there are times, as you've given some evidence, where you'll say something that the sitter doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, mediums will actually sometimes get something from the future. So I, I've, I've had readings where it's like, no, I don't understand this. I don't understand what you're talking about. And then it happens in a week. You know, it's something that, because yeah, on, yeah. on the spirit world, either there is no time or it's different or, what, or they can predict the future because there are things that they'll tell you that are going to happen to you. And, and those are very real. My best moments were always in trance. I had a hilarious one at the weekend and I was doing some work, um, which kind of brings us to the, what, what are the uh, sort of, what are the types of mediumship? But I was doing some trance work. I was actually doing some transfiguration where the spirit world can actually um, overshadow you and they can, under red light, you can actually see the spirit person's face and, 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 on top of you i don't do it very often but it was an amazing thing to do for a, a couple that i really really love and uh, so i said i'll show you this it'll take me about half an hour to hour to get to this level but if you see this you'll think it's magic it's just amazing hmm. and um and i love doing it because it, it's so interesting to me to sort of understand and learn more because every time i do it you learn more um and so you've got curiosity as the as the medium to want to understand how far can spirit take it as well what is the you know because they're always pushing your boundaries but but 
in this, the evidence that was presented was extremely accurate on 90% of the thing. And then one thing didn't fit. I said, why is he taking me to a toe and showing me a fungal infection in a toe? Does somebody have a fungal infection in a toe? And they were like, no. And then the very next day, and it was absolutely hilarious, Brian, a email came sent directly to the person who was sat in front of me. And the subject matter was a, uh, a toenail fungal infection. And it was sent by somebody who had no awareness of that reading or that. So again, it was a future event, nothing that we knew about. And you could say, is it a coincidence? Maybe. But it's a bit of a strange coincidence. It was almost like the spirit person having a bit of sense of humour and trying to have a joke uh, and sort of lighten the situation, if, if you will. But um, so, you, so you get mental mediumship. We've talked about the Clairs in terms of clairvoyance, audience, sentience, salience, gustance, cognitive um, cognition in terms of knowing. So you just know things, you get mm -hmm. touched, you get empathy. Um, you can get some physical feeling in, in, in mental um, mediumship too. Um, and, you... and just to be clear for people that don't really understand the terms of throwing that, when you go to see a medium, you go to pay to see a medium one-on-one, most likely it's it's mental mediumship it's mediumship that's going on in the mind um, where yeah. they're connecting with someone on the other side yeah through the mind and through the senses yes and um and and you might if you've got somebody like myself who works in trance get some gestures you might get some mannerisms mm -hmm. uh, and that can be really nice if, if that happens that can be really really evidential and really really nice especially if you get the walk or the dance that somebody does it can be quite fun yeah. um then then you've got you've got a few other things you get in, so in the mental mediumship you can also get inspirational speaking so somebody can just uh, oh i've got your guides here or i've got your loved one here and they just want to speak and you can it's almost like your consciousness slightly alters and you just end up going into a speech on a certain subject or a topic mm -hmm. like that that can happen if mm -hmm. somebody very spiritually open they're wanting advice or they're wanting inspiration the spirit world will utilize that opportunity um you can then also get channeling so channeling is different to mental mediumship mm -hmm. in that you know and, and channeling can be labeled lots of different things so here's the thing a friend of mine her brother is a grammy, grammy award winner he's a musician and when i asked him how he uh, composes his songs and his lyrics he described the exact same process that i use for channeling writing sure. channeling poetry um uh, or kind of uh, working and interacting with the spirit world when I'm writing. Um, I'm not very musical, but as you know, I, I was born, I couldn't sing. <laughs> in, in trance, suddenly all these like amazing operatic sounds come out, I've got sacred sounds coming out of my mouth, they've got a healing capacity and quality to them. They can sometimes uh, project frequency, overtone singing I've never heard of, happens mm -hmm. to be Tibetan and Mongolian, <laughs> I had to look it up. Um, same with vibrato, my friend's a classical singer. I was like, what the hell is this? She's like, that's vibrato, but I've studied 24 years as a classical singer, Kath, and I can't do it. So how can you when you can't sing? And I'm like, I don't know. That's my question. So yeah. all these amazing sort of skills and talents come up that are really evidential in themselves because if you don't do it in your everyday life and you actually think it's something that you're very bad at, which is what I feel about my singing, uh, and then suddenly you're hitting notes on cue and notes that Beyonce would die for, you're like, oh, what's going on there? Mm -hmm. um, and then when you realise that those notes or sounds have got power to heal as well and that frequency has a healing capacity, very, very interesting. You don't necessarily know what to do with it, but you're fascinated by it. Yeah. Um, and then... 
Then you've got um, transmediumship. So in transmediumship, you can get many things. So this is where the mannerisms come through, the gestures, the walks. Uh, sometimes the voice box will change. I think they're playing with my voice box at the moment. At the moment, my voice, I think it's only changed on one occasion that I can and talk about where you can actually hear somebody else's voice. So we've seen uh, transmediums work, you and I, on, uh, on uh, Zoom. And the whole voice and the whole mannerisms come completely change, don't they? Yes. In, in trance, you can get transfiguration as well. So this is the overshadowing that I was talking about the weekend where the, the spirit person, and we, we actually saw two people morphing in and out, and then they would pause uh, uh, for, you know, five minutes, and then the other person, it would blend out, and the other person would come in. And hmm. um, so the spirit world are experimenting as well. And there was two people that really desperately need to see loved ones, and it was nice um, because both of them saw different sides of their personality or the mannerisms. So I lay out and, 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 and put my hands in the, you know, hands up and, and one in the pocket as they would when they were lying out on a couch. Hmm. At the same time, their face appears on my face, their hands over my hands. And what was interesting for me is you can feel when the spirit world are doing something because it's like I'm getting a tingling in my hand, watch my hand. And then suddenly you're like, oh, your hand's just changed. And I was, it's like a hand, it's double the size of yours. It doesn't look like your hand. And I said, well, now my, my face is tingling on this side. Watch the side of the face. And then as they watch that side of the face, my head turns and they're like, oh, wow, can see the side of the face. So, you know, is it a projection? I don't know, but it's very interesting. And um, so you can get, you can get transfiguration. Then you can get, um, uh, the physical side of things so if you go slightly deeper now i now i don't think i've ever done physical mediumship although i get some physical feelings on passing conditions and things like that i don't tend to i don't think i've ever been part of a physical circle i've seen table tilting and i've seen where in a seance where the the trumpet that's been marked with illuminous tape lifts off the table mm -hmm. uh, only a few inches i've never seen things move with the physical eye or anything like that i'd love to i'd be fascinated by it um but i believe that that is physically possible and i don't know if you've seen it um brian but i know tracy has hasn't she i, I have not in person but i know i know people that, that have um yeah yeah and so you you get different voices you know somebody uh it used to be in the victorian times in in, in the uk that this this trumpet would lift it would move around the room on its own elevated nobody holding it um, and the voice would come out and actually I've heard of manifestations as well. People manifesting crystals or flowers mm -hmm. out, out of the, the spiritual realm into the physical. Um, I've never seen it myself. I would love to. Um, I'm as skeptical as the next person when it comes to things like that, but I'd love to see it, love to experience. It. I'm open-minded. If it can be done, great. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get a bit confused as to whether that, why that's done in dark light. I know that with transfiguration, you, you can't see it. You can't always see it. You can sometimes see it. You can't always see it unless you dim the lights and put the red light on a little bit so you can see the overshadowing because it's so subtle. Um, but with physical mediumship, I'm not sure why you need to take the lights off because surely if things are moving around, they can move around. Um, the, the, the explanation is ectoplasm, which is used to actually produce the manifestations, is sensitive to light. So, oh, so it retracts. Oh, that makes that's sense. That's the reason why it can't be, can't be done. Oh, There's some people that are working with different forms that they say may be able to be done in light uh, in the future, but right now it's because of the, the way the ectoplasm is. Mm. Uh, it's light. 
Oh, that's interesting. There, there's lots of other things though. The remote viewing, I, I love this concept of labelling. So remote viewing, a faculty of clairvoyance, this idea that you can take a map um, audience uh, and take your mind to that space at any particular time or, or date and imagine what is there or see imaginal, uh, maybe see what, what is there in that spot. Now, the, the USA Army, from what I understand, 23, 24, maybe 30 years of research on remote viewing have had extreme yeah. successes with it. And actually, sometimes it's the, um, what I love about this as well, they would set a control, somebody who's not mediumistic or um, ever done remote viewing before to do the same thing. And, and often they find that the control is more successful than the other people that are doing the remote viewing, um, uh, which is very, very interesting in itself. But when they call it remote viewing, it becomes a science. When they call right. it clear science, it becomes this weird thing. So the, the, the power of labeling is a little bit like the channeling. You call it songwriting, it's cool. You yeah. call it inspirational words or channeling, and suddenly it's in the do -do 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 sort of field. So again, I, I say with interest, the way that we label things is very, very interesting as well mm -hmm. and can cause people to have different reactions to things. So, you know, I know myself, if I call it mediumship, uh, training uh, it's like a ooh. if I call it connection um, techniques everyone's very interested because I yeah. take away the goofiness of the it's just a weird thing isn't it it's the human faculty and um, but we can also get ins uh, inspirational speaking like I've talked about we can also get sign synchronicities serendipity which we've had lots of experience with yeah. uh, and and most people in their everyday life have little coincidences. We don't always talk about it. It's very interesting. I did a, uh, I did a demonstration on Saturday in Chester for 44 people who've never seen mediumship before. Their friends, sadly, uh, a young man died in a, in a car accident and um, it was his birthday. So we did it as a, I've never done this before. It was very, very interesting, almost slightly experimental. Um, I was a bit nervous about it, but it went really, really well and was very well receptive. It's nice to work with young people who've never seen this and to let them be open-minded and sort of see what they think. And they all started off very skeptical, crossed hands, and then by the end of it, you could see they all wanted a reading or they all were like, oh, what is this? You know, like, what? gosh, that's really strange. How can she know that? Um, it's very interesting, but what I what I would say there in terms of signs and synchronicities, we all had a chat afterwards because everybody got really interested and it was really beautiful. All these young people, inspirational people from all different backgrounds, sat and started saying all the signs that they had had from their friend who'd passed that was pure evidence to them that he'd been with them. Some of them had seen him in the mirror, some of them had seen him in the room physically in the room interacting with them. Some of them had experienced him changing their dreams when they were having nightmares. Some of them had seen things move in the house, lights, flickers, all sorts of things. And, you know, I'd say in a room of 44 people, there was at least half the room that had an experience. And maybe we just never talk about it. Right, right. Absolutely. Maybe. And so this was really, it was really refreshing, Brian, and it really sort of opened my mind to, I think this is more common than we think. And I, re I remember before um, I, I came across helping parents heal as well. It's like, I um, I thought I was the only person that was having these signs of synchronicities and the weird, the universe is talking to me. <laughs> like, yeah. why is this not happening to anybody else? And then you meet these, you, you realise that about 12,000 people are having the same experiences. Exactly. 
and suddenly it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not weird. I'm not different. This is normal. Hey, I found my tribe. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a relief, isn't it? It's a mm -hmm. relief. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the other thing that I'd say. But um, at the end of the day, I think it's about love. I think it's just, and I think the human capacity is, uh, I just think we're extraordinary beings and we've probably only tapped into about, I don't know, 30% of our potential. I think what we're capable of is so much more, but we're frightened to explore the magnificence of who we could potentially be, not just as an individual, but as a race. Um, and, and I think it could be really, really different the more we come together and talk of it. And perhaps science needs to do a little bit more. There's some great inroads scientifically, as we've seen from some of the videos of the brains being scanned and sort of seeing that there is interaction and a quietening of the mind going, uh, brain going on. Um, and, and we sort of see areas lighting up with colours and stuff as people start to interact with spirit. Um, there's just not enough funding or kind of, um, you know, there needs to be all a fusion of all different faculties. And it, it's good to be openly cynical, um, but let's, let's test it out. Let's find out what's going on. Let's not be too quick to judge or to label it differently. Let's, let's discover, Let, let's find out. Um, it's interesting, that's what I'd say. It changes your life. Um, I lived a very successful life before. I just, I'm so much happier in my life now. I feel it's so much more rewarding when you can help people or can support people. Um, and when spirit are in your world, everything's magical because you can go on holiday and they'll start educating you or, you know, they'll work within the everyday life. You don't have to be a full-time medium to be spiritual or work with spirit. That's the other thing. And especially if you've lost a loved one, they can interact with you in your everyday life. My first experience of my grandfather really interacting with me was, uh, other than the first vision that I saw of him, it was actually... Uh, taking a wrong turn in an area that I knew really well, ending up on a street that had his name, looking up, seeing the street, his name on a house, feeling a bit confused, getting out of the car, looking down at the tile and then seeing his nickname on the tile underneath my feet. And then I was like, oh my God, hello, yeah. are, you, are you here? Hello, what is this? And it was kind of almost, you know, a bit weird, but I was kind of like excited at the same time as in like, how, you're like, are you here? You know, and I didn't know about signs or synchronicities or any of that. I had to work it out for myself. And, um, and I, I think that's, that's the magic. You know, love never ends. Love will always find a way. And we don't have to be mediumistic. We don't have to be weird, woo-woo. We can all come together. We can share our experiences. And we can find that we've probably got more in common than we think. Yeah. Um, well, you, you touched on a couple of things there I want to I kind of go back and, and backtrack over. I mean, um, mediumship, we don't know how it works. And so a lot of people therefore say it's impossible. But I believe, I've come to believe, it's more of a tapping into subtle senses that we all have that we typically ignore because our other senses overcrowd them or drown them out because our brains can only focus on so many things at a time. So a medium trains themselves to work with these more subtle senses that we all have. Uh, so we can't all become professional mediums necessarily, but we all... We all have intuition. We've all we had these. We might not even want to. Right, 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 you exactly. Know, and that's the thing. We're all different. We're all unique. We're all creative. Let's celebrate our individuality. We, we can all experience it in different ways. And, you know, a medium would be out of work if everybody wanted to be a medium. Um, and, and vice versa, if everybody wanted to be a scientist, then there, there'd be no creativity. Sure. Right. So, 
but what I what I want to do is I want to demystify it for people. So it's like 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 you said at the very beginning, mediums are not these people that are just really weird, and 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 some people are born with more of that faculty than others. I I mean that's I, I think that's to me. We're crazy enough to take a leap of faith, but we're not we're not daft. We're intelligent human beings. Right, and and we all have some capacity to do these things, and I've and I've said I had no capacity to do them. And I've done some mediumship development with you a little bit, and it's like I've gotten a couple of things like, wow, I can't believe that was actually real. So um, we're we're coming up on about an hour, so I wanted to. I, I know you and I could talk all day long, and we'll we'll probably do this uh, a few more times to talk about you know some other things. But I really appreciate you doing this and being here to kind of demystify you know mediumship for people and tell us about your perspective. Yeah, I, I think it's normal. That, that's what I'd say. I'd encourage anybody to be curious and to investigate it. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. But at least you've tried. At least you've been open-minded. At least mm. you've explored it. Um, I find it more frustrating if people shut you down and kind of don't explore it or look into it. I had an amazing one last night, actually. I'll finish on this. Mm -hmm. was a young man came through last night. He was highly... It, the reading was actually meant to be for his partner. And he said we've had a change of heart. I really want to have the reading. My partner's going to sit alongside and witness this. I'm totally skeptical. That, that, that was his opening line. I'm totally skeptical, but mm -hmm. I'm open-minded. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment because he told me who he wanted to uh, connect with. That person brought very good validations and evidence. But then he said, he needed to test me a bit more and he said, okay, I need you to give me the way that he says hello. The way that he says hello is very unusual. It's not a normal hello or hi. If you can get this, then I'm going to really have to question what's going on. And I started to smile and I said, okay, it might take me five minutes. Just bear with me because I'm going to have to expand my energy and he's going to have to work out how he's going to get this through to me. I said, so he starts and he says, it's longer than hi, but it's shorter than hello. So I said, I know it's a bit like hangman, but can you agree with me the statement? The word that he uses is longer than hi and shorter than hello. And he said, yes. I said, okay, let me keep going with this. And then suddenly I hear him say, hola. And I went, oh, he says it sounds like hola, but it's deeper. And he's using a deeper voice. And he's saying that I won't get the exact pronunciation of it, at which point, the guy literally jumped out of his chair. He started screaming. He was throwing his hands up in the air. I was like, hello, are you okay? Hello, are you okay? He's like, oh, how can this be? How can it be? And because it's an intelligence, there is an intelligence responding. We'll always get it right. And if I can't get it right, I'll tell you. But if I can, and they can get it through to me. And I had another one with a, a nickname. I can't always get nicknames because they're difficult to get because they're not common names. But they, they'll do the shrouds thing. Somebody whose nickname was Buddy, they start saying, it's like muddy. They're showing me muddy. They're muddy all over. And they're talking about rhymes with muddy. Do you understand? Rhymes with muddy. Don't know what it is, but it rhymes with muddy. Yes, okay, it's Buddy. And so you, it is like charades sometimes. It is. And they have to interact with you. And if they can, they will. And if they can't and you can't get it, then it's frustrating. But at least we give it a try. And sometimes it can be magical because of that. Yeah, I just want to caution people that you're one of the best mediums I know. So not don't go to a medium expecting they're going to be able to get how your best friend said hello. So some people work differently. Yeah, so yeah. Some people work differently. And actually, some people, we should maybe raise this just before we finish, actually. Some people like to work with you on a one-to-one. -one. They, they can't work with more than one sitter. 
Mm -hmm. um, some people like myself and, and others that I know like to work in groups so we can read for a group and go from one person to the other it doesn't interrupt us at all or we can have more than one person sitting in front of us it doesn't interfere some people need to concentrate more people don't realize mediumship is actually a very uh difficult skill sometimes mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of energy and a lot of concentration so some people work differently and they need that quiet space and they need that concentration and it's hard so um yeah so there are different expectations out there but we we're all trying to push our boundaries we're all trying to expand sure. we're all trying to get better at what we do but it's not a case of like one person's better than the other you should always go to a medium that resonates with you because you, you you yes that you can have your favorites that's that's great i love having my favorite clients too i don't want to lose that i enjoy that but equally there are times where you can look at a group of mediums and one person will jump off the page and that's because their life experience and their vocabulary and what spirit wants to teach you will tell you about that person knows about like the back of their hand hmm. you know six months later you might look at that page and that person's no longer of interest to you this is where your own intuition comes into play mm -hmm. and you realize that actually the person that's right for you is this person um you know and then occasionally you just feel actually i'm, I'm a person who really likes routine and i'm so comfortable with this person that's my go-to person that's fine as well right. um but it's nice to see different styles of mediumship and it's it's different people give you different to see where you, what resonates with you that's what i'd say and and, and see uh where you go with that but um if you do want to work with me you can get in touch with me via my website www.cat-b.com or my facebook site medium cat b um i love talking to people as you can probably tell from the fact that we've overrun um but you know it's it is what it is. We, we, we're trying to do our best. And even with the best mediums in the world, sometimes you won't get the connection that you need. Sometimes you will get it with bells on. So yeah. as long as you go with open-minded and you understand it's a process, um, they will try to do their best, the very best that they can do for you. And that's, that's you know, there's an element of hope and an element of trust in the spirit world too. Um, but, but that's really what mediumship's about. Thanks, Kat. Um, and I will put your contact information in the show notes. So in, on YouTube, it'll be un underneath and on, on the uh, podcast, it'll, it'll be there also. But Kat, uh, great talking to you again. I'm, I'm yeah, sure we'll do this again, but uh, this is great. Now I've got an office. Yay! <laughs> you can talk to me all you like. Lovely to see you, darling. Take I'll care. see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and will come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grieftogrowth.com.
Hey there, if you liked this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.